I'm Jay Carr. This is The Great Cloud. Let me tell you the story about the night that changed my life. It was the night before everything changed. Not just for me, but for the world. It was the night I met the Messiah. It happened when I was the servant of Caiaphas, the high priest. I loved that position, for all the wrong reasons. Caiaphas was the most important man in all of Israel, in all the world. And I was his right-hand man, or so I told myself. I could tell that he didn't see me the same way the way he called me boy even after I had long outgrown boyhood. And I don't think I ever once heard him say my name unless it was at the beginning of a command. Malchus, fetch me such and such. Malchus, go do this or that. But I respected him nonetheless. He was a great man. And being his servant earned me great esteem among the other servants, and even among some who weren't servants. I felt proud of my position. And more than that, I felt holy because my master was holy. But it wasn't until that night, the night I met Jesus, that I knew what true holiness really is. I had seen Jesus before at the temple, but I had never met him. I'd heard all kinds of things about him, things that made me think he was terrible. In fact, the night before I met him in the garden, my master Caiaphas and the other chief priests met together, and I overheard them discussing when they would have him killed. It was disturbing, but I trusted the priests enough to believe that it was warranted. It was near the end of that meeting that I first met Judas. He was angry and in a hurry. He demanded that I take him in to meet with the chief priest. I let him in, and at first he spoke softly, as though trying not to let many hear. He said, What will you give me for him? Caiaphas said, For who? What are you talking about? Then Judas dropped his attempts at being quiet. He responded loudly, as though rushed and irritated. Jesus, what will you give me if I help you get Jesus? I was too shocked and distracted in thought to hear anything else, though I did see them give Judas a bag of silver right before he left. I had seen Judas with Jesus at the temple. I knew he was his disciple. How could he do such a thing? I couldn't fathom turning my back on Caiaphas like that. I went home that night thinking either Jesus or Judas were truly despicable. The next day, Passover was in full swing. I worked hard all day preparing for the celebration and feasts and receiving of thousands of Passover offerings. It's one of the busiest days of the year for a servant of the chief priest, and Caiaphas ran me extra hard that day. But I worked hard and tried to focus on the joy of the occasion and tried even harder not to think about Judas or Jesus. The day wound down and I was wearied from all my hard work. But late that night, after the feast, Caiaphas called for me. And when I came, I saw Judas standing with Caiaphas and the other priests and elders. They had a large group of soldiers and officers standing behind them with weapons and torches. I immediately knew what was happening. They were going to arrest Jesus. It all seemed a bit much to capture just one man and I became anxious, anticipating some sort of battle. I was quickly briefed that we were to follow Judas and arrest the man that he identified with a kiss. Then we went off into the night. He led us to the foot of the Mount of Olives, 
into a garden of olive trees. I couldn't tell at the time because of the darkness, but I have visited since that night, and it's a beautiful, peaceful place. Our whole group had just barely entered the garden when a figure unexpectedly emerged and said, Whom do you seek? We all stopped in our tracks. After a short, tense moment, one of the elders responded, Jesus of Nazareth. Then Jesus said, I am. And we all drew back and fell to the ground. Now I've told people about this night enough that I know you're going to ask me why we fell down. So I'll try my best to explain it. But the funny thing is, the first time I was asked that question, it came as a surprise. The question of why didn't occur to me. It seemed obvious. But when I tried to put words to why it was so obvious, I struggled. It seemed natural. Maybe even more than that. By natural, I mean that it seemed as though it must have happened. As though it would be a law of nature if the situation arose more frequently. But since the situation has only happened once, I suppose it can only be described as supernatural. It was not quite volitional, our falling down. But it wasn't exactly against our wills, either. It was a supernatural weight upon our souls and bodies emanating from Jesus. And we were simultaneously filled with a complex mixture of surprise, fear, respect, confusion, and humility. All of this struck us so immediately upon his uttering of those words that I can't imagine another possibility than the whole lot of us drawing back and falling down. Looking back on it now, I remember it best as glory. I understood that evening why the prophet Ezekiel said when speaking of the glory of the Lord, when I saw it, I fell on my face. But after we fell, everyone hurried to get back to their feet, most of us trying to act as though it never happened. Judas stepped forward and with disgusting insincerity exclaimed, Rabbi, greetings, and kissed Jesus. Jesus said something to Judas and then addressed the crowd again. Whom do you seek? Another elder replied, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, I told you that I am. So if you seek me, let these men go, gesturing to the men around him, all of whom looked weary and supremely dumbfounded by what was happening. I was one of the first to approach for the arrest. I had such great hubris back then. I was used to people doing whatever I said when I acted on my master's behalf, and I thought this time would be the same. But when I drew near to Jesus, one of his disciples who was particularly belligerent with indignation and lack of sleep lunged at me with a sword. He swung the sword fiercely, horizontally at my neck as though he wanted to take off my head. I ducked to the left to try to avoid it, but wasn't quite quick enough. The sword struck the side of my head and it was as though time slowed. I had many thoughts rush through my mind. Is this really happening? Am I going to die? He can't do this to me. What will Caiaphas say? I hit the ground and clutched the side of my head. Warm blood ran through my fingers and down my neck, and then I noticed it. My ear. He cut off my ear. I felt my pulse so heavily in my head that it felt like it would pop. My vision started to fail me, and then the pain began to reveal itself, growing rapidly like a great wave. Just then, I felt something else. A hand pushing aside my own hand that I had clasped over where my ear once was. 
It felt warm. My mind was cold. Then the darkness that was engulfing my sight retreated along with the pain. I looked up. It was the Messiah. It was Jesus touching my head. He was crouched beside me and looking right at me. His eyes were serious, and his skin and beard were drenched with sweat. I could feel kindness and tenderness in his touch. With his face, he conveyed reassurance that I would be all right without even speaking to me. It was amazing. But then Jesus was jerked to his feet by a soldier, and the moment came to an abrupt end. I heard him say to the man who struck me, Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? I saw blood on my clothes and hurriedly felt my ear. It was there, in one piece. Jesus had healed me. I looked at him being bound and drug away. I felt sick for my part in it. This man was not a blasphemer as Caiaphas claimed. He really is the Son of God. I wanted to stop them. I thought maybe if I commanded them to stop and claimed it was an order from the high priest, maybe it would work. But just then, I caught Jesus' eyes once more. He looked at me knowingly, and a memory came to the forefront of my mind as though it was placed there. I recalled something Master Caiaphas had said in one of the meetings where they plotted against Jesus. It is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. <laughs>